Maybe. Hey, Brandon. Hey, Alan. And welcome to This Over Everything. It's a new year. It's now 2019. Uh, yep. And I think we want, after talking about it, I think uh, we've decided to uh, change things up a bit. But before we had to focus on like playing games that are out there, putting our thoughts out about those games. Yeah, that was fun. Um, but uh, we've also been uh, on, as well, working on a game. So yes, there's lots of games for lots of types of systems out there, but we sort of wanted a good space game, and we've mm-hmm. tried lots of space games, and we weren't sure about those space games, so we just took it upon ourselves to just start making one. Yeah, exactly. So we started, I think it started out, we were playing a drop uh, we played fleet that. commander, yep. and we really didn't like the mission system. We redid the mission system, mm-hmm. and then... That the, was pretty good. That was pretty good, and then the game died mm-hmm. because of no fault of... Uh, the community. The community. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we won't blame it on the players. Yeah, I think there, there was a, uh, a, a good start, but it mm-hmm. kind of crumbled. Uh, and so we were thinking, well, why are we pushing this dead game, uh, trying to get people to play this mission system that we thought really kind of balanced up the, the hard edges mm-hmm. why don't we just if we're going to do that spend all that time why don't we just make our own game yep and drop fleet was taking a very long time to play oh yeah so like we've played enough games to know what's reasonable and what's maybe not reasonable mm-hmm. and drop fleet was a little pushy yeah we, we had a long list of issues mm-hmm. that uh with drop fleet and, I, and and though our mission system i thought uh cleaned up a bunch of that stuff it sped up the game too yeah mm-hmm. uh it was just not worth Trying to change Try, the entire community. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Of what what was left. Yeah. And so so we we've, we've been working on this for a while, and we had our podcast, and then it was just, uh, I, we kind of realized um, we couldn't do both. Yes. Or could we? Oh, by just talking about the game we're making. Yes, like, exactly. So that's where we are. So. In the new year, uh, we've decided instead of having a podcast uh, dedicated to games in general and then also trying to work on this game, maybe if we focused everything uh, together and do a podcast about our game, it would make uh, more time for everything. Because we've seen a lot of people like make their games and they have sort of they have blogs about like the progress mm-hmm. of the game. So just recording verbally the thoughts on the game is just one good way. Because there's two people involved in mm-hmm. making this game. So with blogs, it's often easy to have sort of one person, they write a blog, here's what's happening with the game. If you've got two people writing a blog simultaneously, it just seems sort of weird. And we're not writers. We're also, um, when you look at our podcast, there's a lot of people that just talk about games, Mm -hmm. uh, just in general about the games out there. And they're really good at it. And and I know we were slowly uh, making our way up the charts from Mm -hmm. maybe one, two, maybe even three listeners every once in a while. Um... I don't. I, I think it was fine to change it. <laughs> yeah. So I guess having it in podcast form also means if we're sort of putting demo rules out there, if we put this on YouTube, put this on other forums, that people can sort of add their feedback to it and they mm-hmm. can get the thoughts behind like why we're altering mechanics if they're sort of helping out doing play tests. Yeah, I think I think so. It creates um, like a central place to keep thoughts together. Yeah, totally. So this is a great way I think uh, to talk to other people that hopefully will. Uh, take an interest in our game, start looking, uh, and then give us feedback and we mm-hmm. can talk about it. All right, so 
What do we want this game to be like? I think we want this game to be playable, that's for sure. Because many games we've played out there, you find they have some sort of fatal flaw and they're not playable. Yes, and, and to me that's just about tightening though, right? Mm-hmm. I assume, obviously it's very important to have these a certain number of things that are you would say it's the hook in the game that people really really like but it's also very important to be uh, uh, what do you call it? punitive on the crappy parts of, of your design and to to constantly go over and cut those parts off and say listen we don't need our game to have everything in the kitchen sink mm-hmm. right and so, so to make the spaceships cool they don't have to have like 50 rules each and like an eight and a half by 11 of all the damage boxes for every different zone on the ship and then have also 50 other ships that you could take all with that same level of complexity no i don't think we need that okay. i think you can have a much smaller oh well more streamlined titan experience so maybe like the number of rules that each ship has on them should be less than War Machine, but maybe a bit more because War Machine you you have definitely two sides less of the cards. Than, definitely less than a uh, a war caster. Mm-hmm. So I guess this this is the other thing. Like, what kind of ships do we want in in our game? Is it a whole bunch of fleet of small? Is it, tiny is it bringing ships fifty or? ships across from each other where like your galactic fleet fleet meets each other? Because I mean that has like the an epic thing to it. Yeah. But I don't think we're building for Epic. I think we're building more towards what would be considered like a skirmish game just because... Yes, but in the scale of spaceships, which it intrinsically makes it Epic, right? Mm-hmm. So if you look at... So I guess the idea would be more like an episode of Star Trek as opposed to the climactic every like uh, civilization crashing wars in Star Wars. So would you say it would be more like like a Star Trek movie? Because in the Star Trek yeah, episodes, yeah. you only like have one ship one meets ship one ship. One but in the movies, you have five ships meet yes. six or seven you ships. You could think it's like a Star Trek episode mm-hmm. where they had the budget to make more than one ship. Oh, yeah, because yeah. in, in the studio for filming the TV show, they could only fit one ship yeah. in front of the camera. Yeah. So, so, yeah, so I think um, there's a lot of games that try to model that Star Wars kind of feeling. I don't... I don't I don't think there's enough though about that Star Trek. You have like a, a few very very important capital ships, mm-hmm. right? And they're duking it out, and it's really important what those guys are doing. And you're constantly thinking, uh, like like on the bridge, they're like, oh, all power to engines or all power to weapons, right? And they're like, yeah, oh, the phasers full, exactly. And they're like, but if we do that, our shields will drop to twenty percent, and a one single hit on the starboard bow will blow a hole in the in in the engines or perform. Or, Maneuver Feta Alpha. It's like, oh, you gotta fly past them on this direction, then pivot around and fire these weapons. Yeah, but you know, Feta Alpha is a very cheesy move. It is. <laughs> they know. They even admit they're being cheesy when they do it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So something like that, right? So those kind of things where, where we have fewer, I say fewer ships, but they matter more mm-hmm. is the kind of thing that we want to do, right? So maybe build Which, it, build it around a few like hero class ships, and then have some other schlub ships. Yeah, they're basically unnamed, kind of like how you might get in Frostgrave, where you've got your wizard, your apprentice. Yes, and then the mostly unnamed schlubs that sort of die, unfortunately, but then you you get over it. Yeah, exactly. So that you feel your fleet is a little bit bigger, it feels a little bit more epic. But mm-hmm. really, when it comes down to it, the important part is maybe one, two, three, odd kind of uh, capital class ships, mm-hmm. right? So they would almost like feel like if you were playing D&D, they would be like your heroes. They have yes. real equipment. They have like real yeah. health. They have... Or, or like if you think about, even if you go look in Star Wars, right? Mm-hmm. You have like, even though uh, Luke Skywalker's in a fighter 
jet, right? Yep. A fighter jet. Uh, uh, it looks like a fighter jet. Yeah. It's a space fighter jet. Yeah, space fighter jet. Uh, what what you see, like, the the crux of those battles is generally one or two or three they uh, capital class mm-hmm. yeah, that are supporting all of these other kind of smaller ships, right? But what it, when you think about, like, zoom out, what really matters in those kind of fights are those capital ships. And that's mm-hmm. the kind of thing that I want to look look at because once they start losing their capital ships the battle's over but you when the tie fighters start being blown out of the sky exactly no one really blinks yeah although uh unless you have luke on them but whatever that never happens would they really blink though in in the star wars universe Mm -hmm. if you were there would you be like oh luke died who's luke again oh you know that farm boy that we recruited two weeks ago (laughs) yeah so i Wow, they were really short-staffed when you think about it. Yep. They're like, can you fly, uh, fly a ship? Yeah, I'm really good. <laughs> okay, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> get get up there and, and try and blow things up. Yeah, they were really... They had more ships, I guess, than they had pilots. Yeah, that's very odd. Yeah, well, no, it, it totally could happen, right? Mm-hmm. You think about it in, in Star Wars, like, I assume they stole those ships or something like that or just got a new shipment of of uh, x-wing superior fighters because at the beginning of star wars the x-wings are like brand new top of the line like they're 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 the edge that the rebels needed right in the battles it looks like they're brand new and awesome right Mm -hmm. at least they had had missiles and stuff that yeah the tie fighters didn't have at the very beginning shields and everything so yeah um, anyways, so, so everybody should have shields though, because the X wings have shields. Yeah, of so, course. So even your yeah. little ship should have. Sh- I think this is one of those shields. like, um, uh, what do you call it? The I guess you call them like stereotypical, just generic thing that she, that is in every single sci-fi spaceship movie or TV show or property or book, mm-hmm. and it's almost needed in our ideas of how would space. Spaceships actually work, okay. Especially if they had to fight each other. Yes, so they should have some forms <laughs> of shielding. They should have some forms yeah, of exactly. like of maneuvering. I think going all the way for vector-based combat would be taking things too far into reality. That be, yes. it just becomes bookkeeping at that point. There needs to yeah. be some sort of abstraction for where you maybe you can't make like the full one eighty k turn mm-hmm. like you can make an X wing, mm-hmm. but like if you divert all power, you should be able to kind of go forwards and make your way around yeah, and, and turn around. Yeah, I think uh, with vectors, it's one of those things. I guess the idea in general that we want is we don't want our game to be so complicated that you're playing mostly maths and spreadsheets, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Where when you get to vectors, it's all in a strategy kind of game you're almost more playing like math mm-hmm. <laughs> which in some ways is fun because we're a bunch of big nerds at the same time it's a little bit less playable and um, we can't necessarily get all of our friends to play it right yeah. so we want to get something that has a little bit larger reach than us two and you know only our most nerdy of nerdy friends mm-hmm. who are willing to bring up calculators to exactly. play the game <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. uh, yeah exactly uh yeah so so I guess maybe you'd kind of liken it probably to how drop fleet is but sort of cut way down because drop fleet every mm-hmm. ship has like three well little ships have one or two weapons mm-hmm. and the big ships might have like seven weapons yeah so something in between that level like I think the small yeah. ships they I think ha- I think the biggest problem balance. with drop fleet is there was just too many ships 
on the border once for it to be yeah. manageable. Because even for their collision system, they had to accept that there were so many ships on the board that every ship wasn't really didn't take up very much space, so they could just overlap with like five ships on yeah. one pinpoint. Yes, and it kind of slowed the game down, especially when you're all trying to fight over. Uh, one area, one, right? Some central one objective, objective areas. Yeah, then mm-hmm. everyone swarms, swarms, and and your one squadron might be like six or eight fighters. Mm-hmm. Sorry, not fighters, uh, cruisers. Right? Yeah, and then some smaller corvettes, and then yeah, and it's just, I guess it looks cool when you just start when you bring a fleet yeah. of like eighteen ships. But when you start actually really cool. playing and doing it, and it, it just became too unwieldy, mm-hmm. and and you start thinking, well, six of these ships. Are supposed to be going together in one 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 of their what do they call them squadrons or they have groups or groups, or, groups. Yeah. and and you're like well what happens if you took all of those 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 guys and made them one ship would it really change anything it would change the right? look but would it would yeah it, exactly would it decrease it the actually play? would make the, the I feel like it would make mm-hmm. the gameplay a lot tighter right yeah because so skirmish what, games just in terms of games that play pretty quickly but are mm-hmm. still like way above a board game level experience you find uh-huh. you have like Eight to fourteen things on the board, uh-huh. so that's probably yeah. a sweet spot. I think we want to aim for. Yeah, I think so. And and even when you get to games bigger than that, mm-hmm. what they end up doing is you might have, I don't know, forty models in one group, but those that group moves together because obviously you're not going to move forty models all separately. And effectively, uh, they're mostly just yeah, tokens. Exactly. If they're, if they're removable. Exactly. They're almost they're. The strategy, you, like forty models, have one end up having one strategy. Mm-hmm. So really, how much more tactics is it? Is it by making it forty models as opposed to one model? Mm-hmm. It's generally just about the look, the whatever, right? Yeah. But when you get to the spaceship kind of size, every spaceship is a spaceship with lots of people on it. It one spaceship by itself should be epic, yep. right? So that's yeah. Okay. So what else do we want to think about for this game? Uh, want to be for the objective of the game. I guess we want to lean towards more mission-based victory conditions than sort of punch them up. Yeah, yeah. Instead of uh, genocide, mm-hmm. like I, I love the fact that 40k is all about genocide of your enemies because it's totally over the top and just getting more blood from yeah, the blood exactly, god. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's that basically sums up the entire game. Um, uh, but there already exist those type of games, yeah. right? So, like X Wing as a space game plays till the death, yes. which is almost a. It def- almost doesn't make sense because in the movies, the properties they're never to the like they're all they're trying to achieve objective and then get the f out. Yeah, right? the people in the fighters are just trying to go for a bombing run. They're trying to get. Yeah. They're trying to get some data to Layla wherever she's gone. They're trying to do something like that. Yeah, they're not actually trying to murder everyone till to the last man, mm-hmm. which kind of. Which, I go, I, like I said, it's it's kind of fun, but at the same time, I think that extra layer of strategy of, of the mission makes it not only also more fun, but also more playable and, and so helps, much more realistic. Yeah, right? and it helps with balance too. That players aren't forced to just see, oh, okay, what's the same, best, yeah. what's the best weapon for killing the army? I think is going to be across the board. Yeah, for you're basically playing the same mission the same objectives every single time which can get and I think every single yeah if you play the same mission every single time it can get stale so yeah and so definitely it's just can, another kind of nod that you can you can change you can you can basically bring the same army right mm-hmm. which means you have the same models you don't have to paint a whole bunch of new models to play a game that plays very very different right yep 
So I think we probably want to incorporate some like unknown mechanics as well, since those are actually a really fun part of many oh, games yeah. we've played. Yeah. Like when you see the opposite army on the other side of the board, and you see your army, like say in War Machine and 40k, and like as soon as the armies have hit the table, you can kind of see exactly how the game's going to play out. Yeah. It, it takes away from the experience, because it's almost just like a bookkeeping exercise at that point when you kind of have seen the battle happen before and you <laughs> know how it's going I think that's a little bit oh. uh, extreme to say just a bookkeeping experience, okay. right? Strategies happen, yeah, dice happen, and all these kind of things. You can try along. to change the it's course of like, battle by doing chess. something differently. It, it, it's some sort of like chess with mm-hmm. odds that change, change things. I will say that it's missing something that, yeah. that you, you almost don't even notice until you play games with hidden information. Yeah. Like when we play Infinity, it's one of the most fun things when you look across the board and, and they, they, they have don't a camel seem, marker. They don't seem to have enough things on the other side yes. of the board. They have camel markers, so you know this thing's there. You don't know what it is. Yeah, and you're like, is this a 20-point model or is this a 60-point model that is three times the, the, the cost and three times as killy and good and effective, right? Mm-hmm. That kind of guessing is super fun, right? On both ends. Yeah. To be able to spring that on your opponent, obviously, is super fun. You're just like, haha, you've you've moved in or or into my trap, right? Mm-hmm. I was trying to say that, like, you. oh, you've activated my trap card. Oh, yes. Uh, it's been too long. I actually never played Yu-Gi-Oh! But <laughs> it's okay. The game store we go to now is banned Yu-Gi-Oh!, so yes. we're safe. Yeah, so so we have to make our own kind of traps. And like, and so that, that kind of idea of being able to lay traps is super fun. And then I guess with X-Wing, and, yeah. to some extent, like, the entire maneuvers the other opponent's going to take Mm, next leveling the opponent mm-hmm. trying to guess what the other player is doing and then react accordingly mm-hmm. so so in this I don't think we'll make the movement entirely unknown I, th- I think we should go with a back and forth movement where you move a few the opponent mm-hmm. moves a few no, like not have I think, not have yeah. one whole army move and the other whole army move I think pre-planning movement is um, interesting and cool but it also depends on how many ships you're going to move, right? Mm-hmm. So X-Wing with 12 ships where you have to decide 12 maneuvers before, it's, it's, it's too mu- much, yep. right? It's, it, but at the, so, so for us, if we're doing 8 to 12, I think some, be, some, I think there should be some sort of... Um, unknown ability to yeah, change your unknown, movement. And, and some unknowns where you decide and you're trying to next level your opponent, you're like, well, if they do this, then we'll do this, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's uh, that is something that we really in, enjoyed. So, so there's lots of ways yeah. to implement that. Yeah, even in, in in Armada, right? Star Wars Armada, they have something like that, which is I think more of the way that we're going right now. Mm-hmm. All right, so we've kind of talked about the size of the game, the sort of objective of the game. We didn't talk about the length, the general of feel the of the game. I, we've not talked about the length of the game. So that might come right back to the beginning of what we talked about, mm-hmm. that things can't like go overboard, yeah, and you have to sort of play test, otherwise things go overboard, and you haven't yes. made a good game like so many games out there end up having fatal flaws, and one of the fatal flaws can be they go on forever and For, ever and ever. Yes, I think that's one of the major ones, especially when you go in and look at uh, board games, uh, where they have a really cool mechanic, a really fun mechanic, and then they're like, okay, and then the game goes on for a thousand turns. And you're like, maybe or, it would be better with a much smaller number of turns, right? Or just fewer mechanics. Like, oh, you have this mechanic, it's cool, but then you have to do this phase, then that phase, then this phase, mm-hmm. and then you're like, uh, that's enough phases. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Are we going to remember all the phases? Mm-hmm. So I think I think that's one thing that, 
um, as we've been going through, we're, we're testing things out. How do we dial it down to be, to me, I feel like uh, as as short as possible to a point, mm-hmm. right? Because there is a point where the game is so short, it feels like a bite as opposed to a meal. And I think the aim that we're trying to do, even though it's a skirmish number of models, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like we want our game to feel still epic, Right, it's like these battle. The, the the battle is important, and the stakes are on the line. You don't just rack up. You don't play yeah. a game, then rack up, then go again, then rack up. It, like yeah. you play one game when usually yeah. when you get together, unless you've got like a whole tournament, yeah, day sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But and so you want that that game to feel satisfying, mm-hmm. right? Not that you had to. Maybe a maybe it, it's good to feel to end feeling like you you wish you want to play again, right? That's that's the best, but mm-hmm. not feel like. Oh, I didn't even play enough. Yeah, you know, like not not play enough, but I didn't feel like I got a real feeling of spaceship battles and being invested in the battle and the yes, outcome. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. You had to feel invested, and so to me, how long is that? That's like minimum an hour, I think. Yeah, exactly. So it's like even substantial board games go for more than an hour mm-hmm. when you get invested in playing that board game. Mm-hmm. But I think once you hit the two-hour mark, you're starting to sort of test people's patience and they're starting to be like all basically like a lot of movement based things mm-hmm. where you're just sort of doing upkeep of things on the board so yeah. it takes two hours because you're just literally moving things around that physically takes two hours which doesn't necessarily add to the fun yes yeah, so we want to reduce that the extraneous kind of time wasting activities that we have in it at the same time i, I agree two hours it's not just um the fact that people start getting tired although of course mental fatigue is a thing but it's it's that people just don't have time to play something that long when you get together right because mm-hmm. think about when you get together with your friends how what do you do yeah you, you grab go, some food you, you talk back, yeah. you grab some drinks and yeah so if you've got two hours in a window in there that's totally possible but a four hour window that you need yes. to like take an entire day off and like yeah and yeah. I, I can just see the, my board games that uh, take more than two hours on average see the table a lot less like we literally have to say all right guys let's get together and play this game no talking <laughs> no mm-hmm. we start right i set up the board before everyone shows up we we dive right into it and we're not going to for food until we finish this game yeah. which definitely incentivizes people mm-hmm. <laughs> but <clears throat> yeah so for us though i think getting it down between one to two hours is, is probably right so i guess the sweet spot guess it would be an hour and a half yeah I'd say so all right so i think we've covered all of the like conceptual things we wanted to fit into this mm-hmm. game and i guess in future episodes we can talk about how they're meant how they're actually developing into rules mm-hmm. and all of that mm-hmm. oh we want to have story story have a yes cool story so this is something okay. that so maybe we'll put that up in like blog posts because talking mm-hmm. about it like the ideas could change so i don't think that's a great topic for like podcasting about but i think mm-hmm. it's a good topic to actually put until it's at least more right. solidified right yeah exactly otherwise it'll just become confusing when people have heard <laughs> one version of the story and then it changes that's yeah, entirely and we, different and we've been putting out our Did, own fake news about, the time, <laughs> about, there? about who's winning yeah. the war who is this person oh, this, uh, he's a bunny no no now he's he's a He's part of the bunny race. No, he's part of the lizard race. No, there's going to be no, no. furries in this. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying it now. There's no furries in this game. Oh, you just killed Rebecca the bunny. Uh, yeah, he's going to be the hero of, of, of Asteria. Uh-huh. Oh, well. 
right. Uh, yeah, so... Um, what's next? What's next? I guess getting some more of the rules down so we have maybe some demo fleets to put out there for people to try the game out. Mm-hmm. What else? I guess demo rules, demo mis- demo starter mm-hmm. missions. Yeah, and if uh, anyone finds this interesting, hit us up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so by the time we put this podcast up, hopefully we have versions of those yeah. to accompany it. That's the plan. And, and we'll have uh, an email if you're into that or, or hit us up on uh, Facebook. Mm-hmm. So any comments about the games totally go there so other people yeah. can see if they think the same way so that maybe we must change yeah so uh yeah that's where we are and that's what we're doing in uh 2019 uh and did we even mention the game's name that we're thinking to call it is it gonna be in the title or are we just gonna say it right now (laughs) all right it's gonna be star piercer yes uh yeah so that's it and hopefully any uh yeah you'll hear a lot more about it All right, hopefully you try it out and hopefully you enjoy it. Uh, This has been Alan. It's been Brandon. Bye. All right, so if you like this podcast, you can like, follow us, uh, do all that social stuff. We'd really appreciate it. If you'd like to comment on what we've been talking about, you can do so here or on Facebook, or you can email us at contact at diceovereverything.com. Oh, thanks for listening. All right. Bye.